and welcome into the most accurate podcast. My name is Anthony Stalter, joined as always by 444.com's John Paulson. You can follow him, of course, uh, right there at the bottom at 444 underscore John. I'm at Anthony Stalter, and make sure you're checking out all the great content at 444.com. Uh, John, another Another Thursday night in the books. I know that uh, this is a, a tough, tough one for you to talk about, but you kind of saw this trending uh, with the way the Packers season has been. But we will get into John's Thursday night's thoughts. A uh, little, you know, Christian Watkin, Christian Watson's breakout, Traylon Burks. We we'll get into him a little bit. Of course, the biggest fantasy storylines. We've got one game moving because of weather. We'll get into the sleeper sneaky start of the week and some sneaky starts as well as dive into the breakout model, see who's popping this week. Uh, but, John, uh, Thursday night, another week. Your Packers coming off the, the big come-from-behind victory against the Cowboys, but they fall short against the Titans. Are you are you surprised? Did you did you think maybe that your, your boys will start to roll a little bit? Well, I, I reckon that you're familiar with the – stages of grief when it comes to the your football team anthony uh, sorry to take a shot at the falcons i guess it makes me feel better but i mean misery loves company uh but we i think at a certain point in the season and correct me if i'm wrong you just kind of realize the playoffs aren't going to happen so you just you know you're in a you know you're in acceptance mode i think and uh you know there was a little part of me was like okay if they win this they're five and six maybe they can like pull off an upset against Philly and get back to six and six and then they're in the hunt. But um, yeah, this, I mean, I was half watching this uh, uh, on my wife's phone as I was uh, recording my son's basketball game. I'm doing that for the team this year, or at least uh, the away games. Uh, so I was having to be really quiet during the recording. So I wasn't uh, uh, reacting to anything either on the court or uh, on the field, but I saw most of uh, the game or part, at least parts of it. And uh I caught up on all the highlights as well. Uh, just looks like uh, the Packers defense didn't play particularly well. Um, and the offense only got 17 points. So you're not going to win very many games uh, that way. But I did, I did think that uh, I did, you know, when I saw that um, Christian Watson scored another touchdown initially, I was like, okay, so now you can see they're starting to use him in the red zone. I think it was a 14 yarder. Uh, and it was more of a uh, jump ball, I think, the first one, and then the second one was a uh, like a crossing route where they're they're using his speed uh, to just run away from the defense. So if they can get that going, you know, they, maybe they get uh, Dobbs back. Uh, you know, maybe next year they'll have a decent uh, receiving core there with those two players being in their second year. Maybe they draft somebody too. But um, I think you know, looking rest of season, you want if you have Christian Watson on your team. Uh, you're probably feeling pretty good about starting him on a weekly basis, especially if there's some buys. I do think that, you know, it's, you know, four catches, two touchdowns on six targets. That's not sustain sustainable, but he does have obviously the five touchdowns in the last two games. Um, and then, you know, when Dobbs comes back, things are going to change a little bit, but you know, Cobb came back this game, Randall Cobb and uh, got six targets and it didn't, didn't really affect uh, Watson negatively. And uh, Lazard had 11 targets, kind of an inefficient night for him. Uh, and then on the other side of the ball, you know, I saw Derrick Henry's uh, jump jump pass. <laughs> it's classic that the Packers kind of fell for that because they're just all selling out. <laughs> but, I mean, when you have Derrick Henry running the ball at the goal line, you just got to sell out to try to stop him. Like, oh, when, yeah. What are you into? He's going to jump and make a pass like that than more right, power to right. him, I guess. But Traylon Burks, you know, I think is establishing himself as that number one option there for the, for the Titans. He had a pretty good game last week, if I remember correctly, and then seven for 111 and uh, eight. Uh, no touchdowns on eight targets. 
uh, led the team in targets. And then Austin Hooper, who was kind of a, I just wanted to mention him. He was like kind of a clunker pick for me, but I thought he um, had a chance in that offense with all the, you know, the lack of pass catchers. And I just felt like he got buried uh, or just was kind of splitting, not buried, but splitting time with Njoku in Cleveland, just didn't have a chance to play like big snaps for Cleveland uh, after doing really well with your Falcons uh, uh, in Atlanta. And I thought coming to, to Tennessee, he would be a favorite option, but they do uh, run like a tight end rotation, but they ended up, you know, he ended up with two touchdowns. So my best ball teams are, uh, that I drafted him are happy this week, but uh, you know he's long gone on most of my uh, my redraft rosters. So um, interesting that he got the. T- what do you think of that uh, first touchdown uh, where he didn't really secure the ball completely? Yeah, you know, it, so this was so this is this is where instant replay can kind of work against against you. Uh, if you, I guess, if you're a Packers fan, it works works with you for the Titans because when you when you watch it in real time or you watch it when they kind of speed it up, it does look like he doesn't secure it and it should be an interception. When you watch it in slow-mo, I'm thinking, well, it's, it's, it's an obvious touchdown because he does look like he secures it. So it's that it's that balance between the real-time balls coming out or you slow it down so much that it looks like he's got it secured and then it starts to come out. So. I guess ultimately I was okay with it. What I wasn't okay with was that they, they kind of reversed the call in the fields because initially they said interception, like, no, it's a touchdown. That is where ultimately that's where the play is going to be decided, right? They're going to fall back on what they called. And initially they called interception. So, yeah, I was surprised. And I saw it and I saw the replay. I was like, I was surprised they overturned it because it, you know, it's that, it's that completing the, the process of the catch and he hits the ground. He does Adam have it Johnson. for a while and then he, and then he loses it as he's still moving. So to me, he's still completing the process of the catch, but obviously right. I'm a little bit biased, <laughs> but De- Hey, but does, does dropped it. So as long as we, we know that. Yeah, there you go. Does- All right. So that's your Thursday. That's your Thursday. Yeah. Des dropped it. <laughs> that was a playoff game. Wasn't it? I don't know if it was that or just a late season. I think it might've been a playoff game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, all right. Now that we've got John's Thursday night, Thursday night uh, thoughts. And and I, and by the way, I agree that Traylon Burks, it looks like he's coming along there and, and clearly you could see um, Watson's breakout. It, it kind of, and I'm not comparing the two wide receivers at all, but, and you would have a better recollection than I would on this. It, it did seem like Devontae Adams started slow and everybody's talking about, well, you didn't get, you didn't get Aaron Rodgers, another receiver. Look at this. And then all of a sudden, I don't know if it was halfway through his first year, maybe even the second year, he exploded. He was terrible as a rookie. I think Devontae would admit that. Uh, and then, you know, everybody was not everybody, but I mean, Alan Robinson, we, we thought we could have had him instead. Of, you know, we were kind of ruining that. Um, and then Devontae just were, kept working on his craft, got better and better and better, and obviously became the best receiver in the in the game, at, you know, for a stretch. So, um, yeah, you got to be patient. I mean, asking these guys to play huge snaps, uh, you know, trying to make a Super Bowl run, it's tough, like, especially dealing with, with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. Yeah. Not everybody's going to be Jamar Chase and, you know, lights, lights the league on fire right away. All right. This week's biggest fantasy storylines. We're actually going to start off with a game that is moved to Detroit. So you got Buffalo and Cleveland. And because of the snow, it's like they're calling it like thunder snow or something. It's it, it's it's bad. And a lot of people are like, well, football is you're supposed to play it in the snow. The NFL do the right thing here, John, in my opinion. You, you can't have people stuck on the roads and. Uh, you know, it, it's not necessarily about the game itself. It's about 
making sure fans get get there safely and back home safely. When was Cleveland going to leave for this? So I thought they did the right thing. I, I'm all for football playing in the elements, and I know you are too as a Packers fan. But I think they did the right thing here moving into Detroit. The, there seems to be some real fantasy impact here too because you now you go from outdoors in the element with snow to perfect conditions at, at Ford Field inside. So from a fantasy perspective, John, what should we know about this game being moved to Detroit? Yeah, but the day or before that it got moved, I was looking, I was talking with Chris Allen, our weather uh, expert, and you know he's like, well, there's going to be a giant blizzard there, but the game conditions aren't bad as of the forecast right now. He, there, there was no snow uh, expected during the game. Uh, so we were looking at like something like, 25 degrees and 20 mile per hour winds, which is not great, <laughs> but, um, but if it's, it's not a blizzard either trying to play in a blizzard. So um, we were keeping an eye on the, on the total, which I think at that point was 43 and a half. It was dropping. Um, I think it's opened at 46 dropped to 43 when I, by the time that I ran my initial set of numbers uh, and the, once they moved it, it was like, okay, I have to rerun everything because <clears throat> Excuse me. So the total jumped to 48 and a half. It's at 49 and a half now. The spread was eight and a half, uh, and now it's seven and a half. So Vegas apparently thinks, or at least the betters think that uh this helps Cleveland a little bit uh to stay close. But yes, from a fantasy standpoint, it's so much better to be playing in a dome than in uh either a blizzard or playing outside in freezing temperatures and 20 mile per hour winds. So you know, everybody moved up for the Bills. Uh, Gabe Davis went from about 18 to 11. Stefan Diggs, I think, moved into number one overall receiver. Um, just because of the way the equations work with adjusting that uh, over-under and then the implied team total for the Bills. Uh, the the uh, Browns receivers also moved up. Uh, Chubb moved down a little bit because of just the nature of the... Um, then I had to kind of switch things around because you're looking at the, the the Browns as kind of a run heavier team, but then you're wondering in this particular game, they might have to throw it a little bit more than they want to. If, if the bills jump out to a, you know, 10, 14 point lead, um, are they going to be able to stick with, with Chubb in the running game? So uh, I think Donovan, Donovan people's Jones is, you know, a live start this week in the, in the dome. Um, and certainly the, the bills receivers are all good to go. Cooper is a, you know, low end wide receiver one play now. And I even picked up as I may live to regret this, but on our league, Anthony, I picked up Jacoby Brissett uh, to play this week because I've got Kyler Murray uh, on the shelf and I'm not sure if he's going to be available Monday night. So I'm going to roll the dice and see if at least he runs the ball a little bit. And if he has to try to play catch up, maybe uh, he can get me a decent fantasy day this week. Yeah, he's, he, he can, he can put together big games as, as you know. Uh, All right. So moving on. Paul Hardman going to the IIR because of a, an ab injury. Kadarius Tony was acquired from the Giants a couple of weeks ago at the trade deadline. What is Kadarius Tony's rest of season outlook look like for the Chiefs now that especially Hardman is placed on the IR? If you remember when uh, the trade happened, I was like, well, he's coming into a team that, you know, Hardman's playing well. They, they spent a lot of money on. Uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling, who does different things, you know, clear out routes and uses that speed to go deep a lot in that offense. Juju Smith Schuster playing really well. 
So I thought this would be kind of a learning experience over the next four to six weeks for Kadarius as he tried to like work his way into the rotation. Maybe he would be used on a few packages here and there and play 20, 30, 40% of the snaps uh, at best with those three healthy. Uh, but the, the seas have parted for him with Juju uh, on the shelf this week uh, with a concussion, unlikely to play. Uh, Hardman dealing with uh, uh, abdomen illness, which is interesting. Uh, designation. I don't know what the deal is with that. Doesn't sound great, but the fact that he's on IR means he's going to be out four games. Uh, I hope he uh, gets the treatment he needs. I'm sure he will. Hope he gets better. But you're just looking at week 10 and uh, Tony's uh, just as this was a game that uh, Juju went, you know, left early, uh, Hardman missed. So Tony was kind of running as maybe the third or in a rotation with Sky Moore and Justin Watson. Uh, and he ended up with four catches, 57 yards, a touchdown, two two carries for 33 yards, you know, 19 points PPR. Uh, that's a really, really good second game uh, for a guy who played 9% of the snaps the week before. Uh, so, yeah, I think that this is uh, a situation, you know, if he's out there in the waiver wire, he might be on some of these shallow leagues. But uh, he's his prospects are definitely looking up with Hardman out. It does seem like they want to get him on the field alongside Juju and, and MBS. Uh, and it does seem like he's ahead of Sky Moore and, and Justin Watson at this point. Let's talk about the Chargers wide receivers now. So same game. It's a Sunday night football matchup between Kansas City and the uh, Chargers. It would appear that the, the wide receivers for the Chargers are getting healthier again. Keenan Allen got in a limited session yesterday, uh, which would be Thursday. We're recording this on Friday. And then Mike Williams was also, uh, he also participated Wednesday and Thursday, probably in a limited fashion, John. But when it comes to that Sunday night matchup, I I, I highly doubt we're going to see Mike Williams, but what about Keenan Allen? Well, yeah, the the fact that they were both uh, completely DNPs last week and now they're uh, putting together back-to-back limited practices, I believe, um, that is certainly an upgrade. So I don't know if we'll see Williams. Uh, Allen seems closer, but if they both end up playing, I think the question is what ha- what happens to Josh Palmer and is he still startable? I think maybe this week he, he still is due to the just the nature of the position. Um, there's a number of teams and good receivers on by. There's obviously a lot of injuries happening. So, uh, but you know we're we're getting used to Palmer in a big role. I mean, week six he had 12 targets. Uh, Atlanta week 10, uh, I'm sorry, week nine, he had 10 targets and week 10, he had eight targets. So we're, we're kind of used to seeing him in that sort of wide receiver one role, but if Keenan Allen is back and certainly if both of them are back, uh, then Palmer becomes a lot more dicey as the number third, a number three receiver for that team. Uh, I think it's obviously good news for Justin Herbert, who's just, you know, throwing to this really, really banged up uh, receiving core. And it just doesn't look like himself exactly in the passing game. Uh, without his trusted uh, uh, receivers out there, John, what's your advice for fantasy managers for the for the stretch run? What, you know, because you, you've got injuries, you've got schedules, you got you know weather now impacting. Uh, everybody's trying to get an advantage, you know, get an advantage for their their playoffs or whether to make it or make a, a decent run. So, what's your best advice to for for how to prep for the stretch run? Yeah, if you're looking good for the playoffs, um, you can kind of start planning for the uh, last three weeks of the season or last two weeks of the season, depending on how your uh, league's playoffs play out. Um, I think once you start getting past your buys, you don't need to have as much uh, 
running back receiver depth. So you can do some, I think this is the last week for trades, a lot of leagues. Uh, you can do some two for one trades uh, to try to upgrade your starters. Um, but you don't need necessarily to have, if, you, if you're starting two running backs, you don't necessarily need to have more than uh, three or four on the roster rest of season. Um, as you, if, if you, if you guys are solid, and you, you know you're going to be able to start them and there's no more, more, more buys coming up. So as long as your buys are covered, it's a good time to sort of uh, use whatever depth you have to try to uh, increase your starter's uh, upside. And, um, you know, you st- I start to also look at my, uh, if I don't have an elite defense, I start to perhaps carry two defenses and play, you know, plan ahead uh, so that I'm not fighting with people uh to try to pick up the best matchups each week. I mean, there's certain leagues where, you know, you go and somebody's got a matchup with the worst uh, offense and there's, you know, there's a a bidding frenzy, but the week before that you can get them for free. So you carry two and then you're just playing committee and planning ahead and dropping them as you need to, um, to try to sort of plan out good matchups for the rest of season. Kind of the same thing with kicker, but not as important to do that with kicker. I think there's less of a uh, pressure to get, kickers on the waiver wire than there is uh, defenses and then you know a quarterback uh, backup quarterback in case of calamity uh you know you might be rolling with jalen hurts um and i'm not sure when their buy is if as long as you're i don't think i think it's actually week 14 but i might be mistaken there um uh, you know gardner Minshew having you know picking him up as a, a backup plan or having another fantasy backup uh that's a starter in order to sort of play quarterback by committee there if you need to um, you have a good option if, if something that were to happen to somebody like Jalen Hurts or Kyler Murray or whoever. Um, you can use that bench space to sort of plan for that as opposed to having RB6, RB7, wide receiver 6, wide receiver 7, guys that are not going to see uh, your starting lineup. All right, we'll go through the Week 11 injury roundup. We'll get your quick hit thoughts, John, on these these injuries. I'll, I'll, fire, I'll fire away and then, uh, and then take, you take over. A.J. Brown limited with ankle and potentially just looking at some rest uh eagles just taking it easy potentially with aj brown that would that would be the question for you uh, deandre hopkins did not practice on thursday with a hamstring injury uh, we could talk a little bit about marquise brown gus edwards limited on thursday and this ravens running back situation personally with the way that Kenyon drake has played i i, I do think that they should stick with Kenyon drake but uh, interested in your thoughts Mark Andrews limited on Thursday. This will impact Isaiah Likely uh, in his role. Jerry Judy did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, Cortland Sutton has seen a lot of targets. Not necessarily efficient, though, based on those targets, or the number of targets, I should say. Matthew Stafford, he did get cleared. You wonder if any of the Rams receivers, though, are trustworthy. Cooper Cup out. You know, do, Do managers keep? cup with his injury kyler murray as you mentioned earlier you've got him on one of your teams limited with a hamstring injury the cardinals don't play until monday night football and then Devonte adams limited on thursday but seems likely to play yeah that's a quite a list of uh of players but uh yeah aj brown i think will play uh deandre hopkins situation we've got to monitor it today to see if that was just a rest day or what but they've got it's also they, they play on Monday night, so basically their Thursday is really their Wednesday. Uh, not as big a deal for a veteran to rest on Wednesday. I, I'm interested to find out which hamstring. I saw one note that it was the right hamstring, but I'm not sure if that was correct. 
Uh, that's where he's had repeated uh, hamstring strains. And if that's popping up again, that could be an issue. Uh, we'll see what he does today and tomorrow. Uh, but yeah, Marquise Brown, um, I saw some video of him in practice and he looks good. So I think they're, you know, he, his plan was to come back uh, this week and he may be back. So if he does return, you're, you're probably you're looking for a, a slight downgrade for, for Hopkins, uh, maybe a sizable downgrade for Rondale Moore. Uh, but they suddenly have a pretty good receiving core there with those three. Uh, but they lost uh, Zach Ertz. So look for Trey McBride there to, to step in and play a lot of snaps. We'll see how many targets he gets. Uh, as for the, uh, Ravens, I got a couple couple questions about Gus Edwards and in, in my uh, Discord AMA for subscribers, and you know my thinking is uh, I'm kind of with you that Drake has been playing well. Uh, they did give uh, Gus Edwards a big workload his first game back from his knee injury, uh, Week Seven against Cleveland, uh, 16 carries, 66 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, he was 11 for 65 the next game. So, you know, he's got 4.85 yards per carry. Looking good. Looking like Gus the bus, right? Uh, then he kind of tweaks his hamstring. And you don't know how much that's related to the knee uh, or just, you know, not playing football for that long. So I, I do wonder if they'll come back and just give him the starting job again with Drake playing well or if they'll kind of split it. So right now in the projections, I have Drake ahead of Gus Edwards, uh, I would like to see Edwards with a full practice before I really trust him, you know, in my lineup. But this week, it's kind of weird, you know, with all the teams on by and uh, all the injuries that you might need to start Gus as a flex and just hope for the best that, you know, he gets 10 or 12 carries and maybe gets a touchdown. Or maybe they just decide, you know, he's our starter and, you know, we're going to give him 16 carries again like they did back in week seven. Um, I, I sort of do lean... Drake there. He's running well, 4.7 yards per carry, if I remember correctly. Uh, Mark Andrews seems like he's on track to play. Uh, John Harbaugh is kind of tough to read when it comes to injuries, but he did say that he has a really good chance to play. Um, so I'm hoping uh, for my teams where I've got him that he plays. Uh, but Isaiah likely is a good option. You, sh you should just definitely have a pivot if you can't uh, can't count on, on Andrews. Um, Jerry Judy seems like he's going to miss this week. Uh, as for Stafford, being back, uh, that does make, you know, Allen Robinson, uh, I'm just going to call him Ben S, uh, and uh, Van Jefferson, uh, so, you know, dart throw type guys. I mean, you, you don't want to have to start those guys. I mean, Tyler Higby is probably the safest start in that offense. And after that, I would say Allen Robinson. But I, it, it's just going to be so weird to see the Rams without Cooper Cup and that offense without Cooper Cup. Uh, but I think Van Jefferson has probably got the most talent of that receiving core now as it stands. Uh, Kyler Murray, uh, i not feeling great about his chances of playing. If you really want to wait for him, he is he did do some you know limited work yesterday, which is a good sign uh, for a Monday night game. Uh, but I did also see that uh, another report saying that he was probably another week away and they might not be in a rush to go back to him with, you know, Colt McCoy played pretty well last week. So if you want to wait on him, I would pick up Colt McCoy and that's your pivot. Uh, but otherwise you might want to just find your best streaming option and go ahead and start him. Uh, and then finally, Devonte Adams, I think you mentioned him, you know, I, I'm not too worried about him limited. seems likely they play. They don't seem too alarmed by his, uh, his injury right now. All right. That's your fantasy week 11 injury roundup time for the sleeper sneaky start of the week. 
Sleeper is one of the fastest growing customizable fantasy football platforms in the industry. You can head to sleeper.com or download the latest app today. As John and I tell you each and every week, we, we enjoy using Sleeper, uh, not only sleeper.com, but the Sleeper fantasy app. Uh, easy to use, you know, once, once, of course, you get kind of familiarized with, with the website, it's, it's very easy to use. And um, when it comes to drafting, we, we enjoy it. We've used it the last couple of years and it's a, it's, it's just another platform that um, quite frankly, makes your experience each and every week in fantasy football that much more enjoyable. Uh, But this week, the sleeper sneaky start of the week is Isaiah, Isaiah Pacheco of the chiefs, the, the rookie running back, John. Yeah, and I just was chuckling because I remember your rant after one of our drafts on another platform, and you were so upset about the the draft and how it went because of uh, buggy buggy software. But yeah, um, yeah sleep, <laughs> sleeper's been great. Like sleeper, been really good. Yeah, you, well, yeah, I think you had a bad draft too. By the way, I uh, did. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Anyway, uh, Pacheco. Yeah. Now this is with a caveat. They they did the Chiefs did say that it wasn't. Uh, a total, you know, depth chart change uh, with Clyde edwards Tiller barely playing in that last game. Uh, Pacheco, his t- snaps and touches spiked. Uh, he had 16 touches, uh, played 55% of the snaps were both both uh, season highs. Um, he doesn't do much in the passing game. He did run 15 routes in this last game. So there might be some, you know, meat on the bone, as John Daigle likes to say there, that maybe he can get some catches. Uh, but the matchup uh, is really what's, happening here with the with the chargers they've given up 164 total yards 5.72 yards per carry 1.44 touchdowns to the running back position this season so even if you know edward Tolaire works in and gets a little bit more work uh i i do see the pacheco, pacheco if he's getting you know 12 14 carries that he should be able to put up 60 yards and maybe a touchdown this week all right let's move forward we're here with john's sneaky starts it's it's week 11 as we like to say, it's an appetizer when we do when we talk about it in the podcast. If you go to 44.com, you'll see all of John's sneaky starts. He gives several options for quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and for tight ends. But uh, we'll give you a couple here just to kind of whet the appetite. But Russell Rusty Wilson of the Broncos is a quarterback that you like against that. Uh, not, not so athletic, not, not very good Las Vegas Raiders defense. Yeah, I think I'm just going to call him Rusty Wilson until he has a, a like a proper game, a uh, proper fantasy game. Uh, yeah, I wrote in the uh, article, this is the week where the resistible force meets the movable object as the Broncos offense uh, squares off against the Raiders defense. The Raiders defense makes everyone look good. Uh, there's tons of opportunity available when you play the Raiders. Uh, but, he's, you know, Wilson has been disappointing, but he's uh, posted at least 13.8 points in three straight games, which isn't great, but at least he's getting your a uh, decent floor. Um, but the, the Raiders have yielded an average of 22.2 fantasy points to uh quarterback position this year. So those are Q, easy QB one numbers. So I think this is the the week that if you're, if you have them and you have them in a committee at this point, this is the week to start them with the matchup. Uh, every quarterback who's played the Raiders has scored at least 16.7 uh, fantasy points this week, uh, uh, this year. So um this is the week for Wilson, I think. Uh, even though he's dealing with that injury with Judy, I think he's got a chance to to have two touchdowns and you know thirty yards rushing or something like that. Darius Slayton is one of the wide receivers that you wanted to highlight on the podcast. He's playing a Detroit defense that, um, how do I put this, isn't very good. Yeah, they're twenty first in just the fantasy points allowed to receivers, which is actually better than what I thought when I was getting ready to write them write yeah. them up. But uh, they give up a lot of points and. 
Uh, Slayton has been playing really well for the Giants. Uh, Kenny Galladay was back last week, but didn't really impact Slayton's playing time. Uh, Slayton has 66 yards or more and or a touchdown in four of his last five games. So quietly in a, in a you know not great passing attack, uh, he's quietly posting solid wide receiver three type numbers. Um, the Lions have given up 179 yards, 0.89 touchdowns on average to the receiver position this year. So he's got a chance to, to have another good game. And then if you're looking for a tight end, Trey McBride might be an option, especially with Zach Ertz out. Now, of course, that this this is the Monday night matchup, Arizona and San Francisco. Yeah, I don't have him ranked real high, but uh, but McBride is interesting from the standpoint that the position is just desolate. Uh, Ertz is out for the year, so there's a big hole to fill. Now, they might just fill it with Rondell Moore. You know, once they get Marquise Brown back, they might just use more and more, you know, more and more in the uh, as opposed to throwing it to the tight end. And McBride has played quite a few snaps and hasn't seen many targets. So, you know, the question is right now as a rookie, how is his, you know, route running sense of the game translating into fantasy points for uh, for managers it, right now? Uh, but given the, the Ertz injury and the fact that McBride uh, was the former uh, John Mackey award winner for nation's top t- tight end, He's pretty good. He caught 90 passes for 1,121 yards, only one touchdown, which was interesting. Uh, as a senior at Colorado State, he runs a 4-6, 40-yard dash. So, and he was the first tight end drafted, as you remember, Anthony. So, you know, there's some upside here. I don't know. I don't trust rookie tight ends. There's probably better. You know, I'd rather run Foster Moreau out there. Uh, you know, for the next few weeks while Darren Waller's on IR. But if you're if you or hurting at tight end, maybe you want somebody that you, you, you collect it, you're starting to collect these young tight ends, you got a Dolchich, you got a McBride. Uh, you, you, maybe you're uh, planning for the the playoffs and you might want to kind of pick up a prospect. I think McBride is, is somebody like that. And this week, the matchup's not great. The, the 49ers are fourth in just a fantasy points allowed to tight ends. But I have to would have to think that McBride's going to play 80%, 90% of the snaps and run a lot of routes. Uh, so, you know, he'll be out there and, and they – may or may not have DeAndre Hopkins. So that I think that, uh, you know, gives him a little bit of upside. All right. We'll wrap things up here on 444.com. It's the most accurate podcast by talking about the breakout receiver model. If you go to 444.com, you'll see the entire list. And this is a uh, list that, um, you know, the just kind of projecting who, uh, which wide receivers and tight ends might break out. And John, when you're looking at the, the, the list, it's always nice to see, uh, some of the big names that are supposed to pop uh, that that might ha- that might not have, and I know Mike Evans is one of those wide receivers that has appeared on the the, the breakout receiver model. Yeah, and he has for a few weeks. He's been due. Like, so I'm just going to keep talking about him until he has that week, and then I'm going to say, "I told you so." Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> he's just getting the usage. He's he's getting the usage. I mean, 13.3 expected uh, fantasy points per game. He's been scoring 9.9 last three weeks, so he's minus 3.4. He's due for a touchdown. Um, we saw, although this week they're on bye, right? So this is not a good week to start Mike, uh, Mike Evans, but starting him out of the bye next week, uh, I would definitely do that. Uh, Greg Dulcich, uh, you know, we talked about, um, Russell Wilson, uh, Dulcich is averaging 13.6, uh, expected fantasy points and is only scored 6.2. Uh, so he's minus 7.5. Seems like a good player, uh, had three good games to start his career, had kind of a clunker last week, but I think against the Raiders, he's a quality start. Uh, I would also add Cortland Sutton into that 
you know, he's been struggling, but if you have him, uh, given the short week with Jerry Judy likely out, I would have to think he's going to see 10 targets in a, you know, given the uh, KJ Hamler's out too. Uh, I'd have to think he's going to be pushing for 10 targets against the Raiders. So you would think he'd catch five of those for something. Uh, and then finally, Pat Freermuth is, is popping on the model this week and he's got a pretty good rapport with Kenny uh, Pickett. Uh, his efficiency, uh, P10 efficiency is about 110%. So he's a good player. He's been a good player um, in his career and typically uh, is efficient. Uh, so I would think that he would uh, bounce back and maybe find the end zone this week. All right. That's uh, John Paulson, another great uh, podcast here with John Paulson, 444.com. Again, 444.com is where you're going to find uh, season-long betting, DFS, uh, great content, great articles, great statistics. If you're somebody that uh, doesn't necessarily know what, what you're looking looking for when it comes to the data and you want just somebody to tell you, uh, great, 44.com is perfect for you. If you're somebody that doesn't necessarily want to have the data broken down for you, you just want the raw data and you want to make your own conclusions, again, we've got all kinds of tools at 444.com to help you win season long or DFS. And uh, that content is produced all week long. And it's it's always uh, the reads are always fantastic, whether John's posting a sneaky starts or you know somebody else is doing the DFS breakdown or, or betting. So I highly encourage you to go to 444.com and do what we do. Appreciate you either listening or watching us here on the Most Accurate Podcast. Uh, John, I know we're, we're in discussions right now about next week. We, don't, we hope to record a, a podcast, but we're kind of working through some schedules with it being Thanksgiving week. No, I think we decided uh, it's going to be too busy in our both of our households to record quietly. So we're going to okay, take next, yeah. week, next week off, and then we'll pick it up in two weeks. Three three little ones. They they'd be making appearances constantly, and I don't know if I don't know if fantasy managers want to sit there and watch my kids run around uh, as we try to record. So uh, we'll see everybody in two weeks. On that note, have a great weekend to everybody. Best of luck, and have a, a very happy Thanksgiving next week. And John and I will be back in two weeks for the most accurate podcast and then we gear up for fantasy players. So again for John Paulson, I'm Anthony Stoltz. We'll see you next time on the most accurate.